0: Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre-record we'll on my count. Seven six five four three two roll A fade up on A. southern Miss
1: to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Monday edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty alone today in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson is out on the road uh, working to help with some of the tornado damage that struck much of South Mississippi yesterday. We'll be checking in with Luke later in the show. Jack Duggan is going to join us as well a little later, next segment actually. Uh, we're going to talk about the uh, new Scott Berry All-Star team that was recently predicted and uh, picked, I should say, uh, by Southern Miss baseball fans. Opening segment sponsored by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Proud supporters of this show and all things Southern Miss. We encourage you to continue to support local restaurants like Dickey's through this difficult time. You can enjoy their delicious food seven days a week. They're serving it through their drive through window. Also, also serving it uh, on a delivery basis, so Uh, COVID-19 can't prevent you from enjoying Dickey's Barbecue, and we encourage you to call those good folks today. Well, a really rough Easter day as uh, tornadoes moved through Mississippi and claimed 11 lives yesterday, a stunning uh, loss of life. Two of those uh, fatalities occurring uh, here in our area in Jones County, also four in Jefferson, Davis County. About 72,000 Mississippians without power as of 7 o'clock this morning. We'll see if that's updated. We've got Steve Bryant with us from Southern Pine Electric, and uh, we're going to start this Eagle Hour program today by updating you on uh, this terrible, terrible tornado news that came through uh, Mississippi on Easter Sunday. Steve, thanks for your time very much.
0: Thank you for having me.
2: All right, tell us if you can. uh, The the last uh, report I read was at 7 this morning, roughly 72,000 people statewide without power. Can you... First of all, give us an update on what the power situation is in the areas that your company covers.
0: Okay. We currently serve about 65,000 members, and in our service area, we have about 15,000 meters that are currently out, so 15,000 members without power. Um, We're estimating that we have 275 or more poles down or broken from the tornado. Um, So it's going to be a multiple-day event to get the power restored for everybody.
2: Now, your company covers a a lot of areas here in South Mississippi, but two of the hardest hit, Jefferson, Davis County, Covington County, uh, four people, unfortunately, lost their lives in uh, Jefferson, Davis County. If you can kind of update our listeners on on what what is the damage that you guys are seeing in those two counties in particular?
0: Well, just from... From what I've seen, the the damage is very substantial. Um, the damage to our infrastructure alone is substantial. But when you talk about people losing lives and losing homes, it's devastating.
2: Correct. Uh, what what happens now? What, when when these sorts of uh, natural disasters come through, we we take you know, gosh, we take our electricity for granted. But it's you know, it's it's the men that, that work for your company and others that are that are out there in, in the as soon as the storm uh, dissipates, uh, how many men you got out working right now? What, do, what can you tell people insofar as what they may expect now moving forward?
0: Well, after the storm cleared, our men went into action, and they have been working nonstop continuously um, to get the power restored. You know, they're working pole by pole and line by line, and they're working as safely as they possibly can, but as quickly and efficiently as they can as well because our one goal is to get our power restored for all of our members. We do have additional help coming from other locations, um, but even with that, it's going to be several days before the power can be restored for everyone. Um, You know, we really care about our members, and we want them to understand and to know that and that we are in this with them. You know, most of us live in our service area, Um, We appreciate everyone's patience as we try to rebuild the damage to our infrastructure. Uh, For our members who were not in the direct path of the storm but did lose power, please be patient and understand that your electricity probably travels through the impacted area to get to your home. So it may be days for even members who were not in that area.
2: I know you guys, uh, because of your location, have dealt with a lot of hurricanes. Similar type of damage, uh, I I mean, not on as wide a scale, but do you see similar type of damage with tornadoes uh, of this magnitude as, say, when a hurricane comes through South Mississippi?
0: Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, I would say in the tornadic path that the damage can be even worse.
2: Right. Do you have any estimates uh, now on how many homes in, in your area have been damaged? Do you guys uh, have an opportunity to maybe keep up with that type of statistic?
0: We don't. We have been checking with the local sheriff's offices in the, in the different counties, and they even say there will be, you know, might be a day or two before we can really have a number of how many people were truly impacted.
2: Okay, Stephen, what was the time here? What was the time frame that... Uh, that your company began to experience these issues. Uh, kind of run us through how all of this transpired yesterday.
0: Well, you know, it hit very quickly and immediately. You know, we had been keeping an eye on it, and we knew the weather system was coming through. And as, as soon as the storm, you know, took the power and it was clear enough for us to get out and get into the, the line of duty, that's when we did Okay.
2: And I guess, uh, again, to kind of recap, uh, you, you think it will be how long before all power is restored in the Southern Pine electric grid?
0: Well, all I can tell you is right now it's going to be a multiple-day event. Now, how many days that is, we don't know. Um, but we will work as quickly and as safely as we can.
2: And any message you want to deliver to your customers in regard of uh, you know whether or not they're trying to contact your company, et cetera?
0: Yeah, our um, phone lines have been down, but they are back up now, so if they need any assistance, they can call our member services team, and they're ready to assist. Also, to continue getting up-to-date information, they can go on to our Facebook page, Southern Pine Electric, and like our page, and that'll keep them up-to-date with the progress we're making.
2: All right, Steve. Well, I thank you for taking the time to talk to our listeners today around the state on the Eagle Hour, and we know we know how difficult this is for everyone, and uh, certainly we're we're grateful for the work that the power companies like Southern Pine always do. They, they're always right there to respond, and uh, uh, you know, in this in this time when we should be thanking a lot of people who are helping us get through the COVID nineteen situation, certainly uh, ought to extend a, a warm thank you to the to the men that go out after these storms and really put their lives in danger to a, to a large degree. Uh, to bring power and, uh, you know, normalcy back to everybody. And we're we're grateful to you and and your crew for that, Steve.
0: Well, thank you very much. And if I can just say one more thing, you know, for everybody's safety, if you see a down power line, please stay away from it. If you see our crews out working, please stay away from them as well because you don't want to put them or yourself in danger by being in their way. And especially with COVID-19 in the mix, um, we want everybody to stay safe.
2: All right, thank you very much, Steve. Thank you for having me. Steve Bryan, everybody, from Southern Pine Electric. Uh, It was just a terrible storm uh, that came through the state yesterday. Actually, two tornadoes here in South Mississippi. I'm not sure of the number. The last I'd heard, seven confirmed tornadoes in the state. But statewide, 106 homes destroyed is the latest estimate. 106 homes, 11 lives lost. Uh, 40 homes destroyed in Bolivar County, which is up in the Mississippi Delta. A hundred homes destroyed in Jefferson Davis County. Uh, Fatalities uh, statewide, unfortunately. Two uh, people lost their lives in Lawrence County, and I believe that was a deputy sheriff and his wife actually killed in their home. Two fatalities in Jones County. We'll get some more about that uh, from Luke Johnson a little later in the show. Four lives lost in Jefferson Davis County. And a fatality in Walthall County, Panola County, and Carroll County, as of this morning, seventy-two thousand people uh, in Mississippi without electricity. Again, a hundred and six homes destroyed, numerous homes and buildings damaged, apartments building damage, uh, mobile homes damaged. Uh, as you heard uh, from our guests, a lot of power lines down, and a lot of people struggling uh, this morning, not only with COVID nineteen but with this terrible storm and. Don't forget about COVID-19. Don't let your guard down. 161 new cases in Mississippi over the last 24 hours. Uh, we're now up to 98 Mississippians who have lost their lives to COVID-19. So there's, at this point, no indication uh, that the number of cases is decreasing in Mississippi. So as uh, as you move through uh, these storm issues, if you're affected by that, please don't lose uh, your consciousness of COVID-19 and the danger that it presents. All right, a little lighter subject when we come back. Jack Duggan's going to join me. Just got through uh, completing the All-Barry Southern Miss baseball team. That'll be fun to talk about. Jack Duggan next on the Eagle Hour. Okay, you with me?
1: Yeah, I'm here. All right, good.
2: Yeah, how you you been? Good, okay, I guess, and uh, just laying can't, low like everybody.
1: Can't 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 complain, man. Just stay at the house.
2: Yeah, I'm telling you, and and no end in sight that I can tell Chuck. No, hmm.
1: unfortunately not. But
2: I guess in your we, career, kind of like mine, you've never experienced anything quite like this.
1: No, <laughs> no. No, no. Well, you know, it's funny. It's like after Katrina, Hurricane Katrina. There was about four months where I mean, my wife and I kind of we had to move to Meridian. We lived in a house in Meridian. I mean, we could get out, but mm-hmm. it it kind of feels a little bit the same way. But um, wow. you know, we had two newborns then, so it
2: yeah. was. It's. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I find the weirdest part is you know is. It's just feeling uncomfortable doing things that your whole life you took for granted. You know, running to the store or killing Sunday afternoon by going to Lowe's and wondering. And I see a lot of people in Lowe's. I'm not one of them, but uh, yeah. No. All right, here we go, buddy. We've got about 12 seconds. I'll be right back. It's just me and you. Okay.
1: You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
2: Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty broadcasting from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg this afternoon. Luke will join me a little later, not on the show today. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. That's what you need to remember, CampusBookmart.net. You can still order your Southern Miss apparel, household accessories, anything to brighten your day with a Golden Eagle logo on it. You can still get it at net, and we encourage you to get online today and uh, find something to make yourself feel a little better and happy and do it at campusbookmart.net. My buddy Jack Duggan is with me, Sports Information Director for the University of Southern Mississippi Jack, that's the first time in, in uh, my life I've ever done a sports show when there's no sports to talk about, and I'm going to guess you're the same way as being a sports information director.
1: <laughs> not not a lot to talk about, is there, Bob? <laughs> Just uh, you know, I think I think uh, I looked it up a little while ago to see how many games we, at least baseball games we had lost, and I figured we lost 19 since uh, since we beat Troy uh, back on May or March the 10th. So 19 games we lost, including three last weekend against UTSA, which would have been the Pete Easter weekend. So, right. Yeah. Just, uh, sitting at the house, trying to get some work done, uh, hanging out with my family and, uh, just, uh, do the best that I can.
2: Right. I'll have to admit, I went by the Pete Friday afternoon and just stood there at the fence for a few minutes and looked at it. It's gorgeous. Uh, got that brand new, beautiful field. And, uh, just nothing to do on it right jack
1: no nothing nothing to do unfortunately i i, I have thought uh, long and hard maybe one day just going up there I got keys had just go to the sit in the press box for about an hour, just <laughs> just wa- watch the birds <laughs> fly by but uh I haven't done that yet uh it had it hadn't got me too bad yet but, i
2: understand uh, i understand of all times too, but you know. Bigger bigger fish to fry, so to speak, right now, I guess. That's,
1: that's very, very true, Bob. All
2: right, one thing you guys did that helped us all uh, fill in a little time, and I was grateful, is uh, the fans got an opportunity to pick the all-Scott Barry team. Now, it's not the – first, the first thing that came to my mind as I heard somebody go, well, Brian Dozier's not – well, Brian Dozier didn't technically play for Scott Barry. I mean, he did as an assistant, but th- this is kids that played – in the regime of Scott Berry as head coach, correct?
1: Yes, and and you know we 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 use the the years 2010 to 2020 and you know this is this has been a really a banner time for Southern Miss baseball. I mean, if you look you look at what what this program has done under Scott Berry, they've gone to six NCAA tournaments. They've won four Conference USA regular season titles and four league tournament crowns. You know, he's won 395 games in his uh, his tenure, uh, I guess, in 10-plus in seasons uh, as the head coach. And, uh, you know, you, you got to give him credit. And I tell you what, there's been a heck of a lot of good players that have played for him. And uh, it was just kind of a way to, to, to celebrate the last 10 years of Golden Eagle Baseball.
2: All right, let's start in the outfield. Let, let's name I'm gonna, – I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. We'll, okay. we'll name the three guys, we'll name the people that made the outfield, and then I'm going to ask you in, in every group positions, like outfield, infield, pitcher, catcher, if there's one or two kids that come to your mind that could have made the team, or maybe didn't, but but could have. So let's start by who are the outfielders on the allberry team?
3: Uh, the
1: outfielders, you had Gabe Montenegro and left. Right. You had Matt Water and center and Tyler Kaling and right. And and certainly Walner might have um, been been picked in right, but believe it or not, he had he had the third most starts of center in center field under Scott Berry. So so we tried to get as many names as possible to spread it out to, to get as many as many people that, that we thought were deserving to make the team and and uh, you know Gabe Matt and and Tyler certainly uh a very well represented outfield uh, right you know some guys that some guys that uh you know maybe maybe didn't make the team might be backups you know you could look at Mason Irby who had a great career for Southern Miss certainly Connor Barron you know those are the two that, that that jump jump uh you know out right away you know Dylan Day was a was a good player you know, mm-hmm. in the early teens um for Scott Barry and you know I mean there's I'm sure there's three or four other guys that, that right. and, and you probably have one or two yourself
2: Well you can always it's, come up with those guys but you can't argue with the three that you picked and uh I, I was particularly or uh, right, so Walter was a given we, we all knew that and Montenegro was a was I, I think a given because of how good he is and that he's currently playing. But Tyler was a great player, beautiful swing, really a uh, really fantastic baseball player. I'm glad to see that he made that.
1: And, and he was and he was a Boo Ferris Award winner. was Tyler
2: exactly back correct. in
1: 2011. So so that, there, there's no there's certainly no slouches in the outfield. That's All right. for sure.
2: Uh, who's the infield, Jack? All
1: right, so you go you go from catcher around to third base. You got. Chucky Robinson behind the plate. You got Dylan Bordeaux at first, uh, Matt Guidry at second. Uh, B. A. Volmuth is your shortstop, and and third base is Taylor Braley. So if you if you look, you know, you look at some guys. You could maybe go Austin Roussel behind the plate. Uh, you know who, who we who we self uh, called the the Rebel Killer, who had probably one of the best careers against Ole Miss than any Southern Miss player's ever had. And mm-hmm. you know, Austin was a fun player. I loved I loved having him uh in the program. You know, certainly first base, you know, other than Bordeaux, you could certainly you could certainly think of you know, Hunter Slater, uh Tim Lynch, you know, possibly those the two guys that jumped jumped to mind right away. Now Tim did make the team as the utility player, but uh those were two guys that I, that I thought right away. At second base um oh man I Isaac Rodriguez
2: very you know good possibly, player maybe, very good player uh,
1: was was a good player as well um third base uh, obviously Luke Reynolds, who was the conference USA newcomer and uh, player of the year and the only year that he played with the Gold Eagles. yeah and then at shortstop um you know you could you certainly could 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 think of uh uh Lebo Lee Marcus Boyd.
2: I got another uh, so, one for so, you at shortstop. Michael Sterling. Yeah.
1: So so I mean it, the the players were, were were phenomenal. I mean I mean, you know, it's uh but you know, to be honest with you though, Bob, you know, of of all the voting, um, you know, I think we had thirteen guys that had seventy seventy or more percent of the vote mm-hmm. to win their respective positions. Like, you know, if you look at starting pitcher, you know, Nick Sandlin, I think he had, he was on 91% of the ballots or
2: 92% of the ballots. He was pretty good. For,
1: yeah, that's, <laughs> you know, and he, and he certainly, he could have been the closer too. <laughs> could
2: have but, been.
1: but but again, you're trying to get as many people on the team. Right, as so who
2: all have. were the pitchers? Who were the three pitchers?
1: All right, the three pitchers were, well, actually, I went ahead, and I I, I, I pretended like we had a midweek game, so I went ahead and made four. All right. So that was Nick Sandlin. Kirk right. McCarty, Todd McKinnis, and Walker Powell, and certainly, yeah. certainly well deserved. I think the the guy that maybe missed it uh, is Andrew Pierce, mm-hmm. who had two really, really good years at Southern Miss. Right. Um, you know, he's the one that jumps out to me. You know, if you, if you backtrack a little bit, um, you know, go back to designated hitter, Adam Doliak was was at that spot, and then again, Tim Lynch was the utility. Um, you know, maybe Mark Bourgeois could have been the DH. He played played early early in the Scott uh, Berry uh, era, and then you know another utility, possibly um, you know Storm Cooper, who
0: who
2: oh, had his yeah. moments, yeah, uh, for sure,
1: as a Golden Eagle, for sure. Uh, you know, it just, the list just goes on and on, and so many um, great
2: players, Jack. But Guinness, yeah, what a great then, pitcher was
1: we'll he! Oh, I know. There's no doubt, and then. You know, the middle reliever was James McMahon and uh you know he was fourteen and three and you know he was only one year as a starter. And and that that was in two thousand fifteen and he won the Ferris Award right. that year for us as well. So but right. he was the he was the middle reliever. You know, you could you could you could make an argument for Nick Johnson, you can make an argument for Jake Winston, uh you can make an argument for several other guys, but he you know, he was the guy that that, that won it there. And then, of course, the closer was Colin Cargill, and you know, I think you know, with with uh, Sandlin being the starter, I, he, it would go, it would come down between him and Bradley Roney. and I think oh. uh, you know, Cargill probably probably 103 career appearances,
2: right? Uh, he deserves the
1: better guy there,
2: and he was the most entertaining because I can remember many a night he would come in and the game on the line, he'd hit the first batter walk the next two, and then strike out three in a row. I mean, you always knew yeah. he was going to get them out, but he always made it entertaining. I asked him about Watch that it. once, Jack, and he just acts like he didn't know what I was talking about. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, none of them do. Bob, you know that. None of them do. Well, you know, I always remember uh, my first year back doing baseball, day-to-day uh, day day as a baseball. So in 2011, we were playing in Charleston, and uh, we played Rhode Island. We played him in a 15-inning game. And uh, he threw, like, the last seven or eight innings for us. And right. it was just lights out. He did the and, same uh, thing in them.
2: Jackson against Houston in a, in a tournament yeah. game until about 2.30 yeah. in the morning, as I recall. I was oh, actually one me. of the people that stuck that one out. All right, look, buddy, I'm out of time, but I want to thank you, man. I hope you and your family are good. Uh, we'll get you back on soon. It's fun talking to you, and uh, any, thanks thanks any for this time. time. Take care. Stay safe, brother. All right,
1: buddy. All right man. You too.
2: Jack Bye-bye. Duggan, everybody, sports information director extraordinaire, University of Southern Mississippi. We're going to find Luke Johnson next. Stay with us.
3: Brian over there. What's at how special you are. The Cajun Navy just showed up. Oh,
0: <laughs> that's who that is. Hey, Luke. Hey, brother. Why
3: are you here? Um, Cajun leaving, Navy, okay? Uh huh. They're, they're mobile. Now. Okay. Where's Caleb at? Caleb. Caleb. Hey, bro. Hey, dude. You're, this house special. You're on. The Cajun Navy just showed
0: up.
3: Oh, the Cajun Navy. All right. I'm about to go on the I got a radio interview. My green truck over there, I got everything in it for y'all tarps. I'm going to get more uh, sticks, strips. I'm going to bring them. But everything in this truck, y'all can have. is probably about 20, 25 tarps. Johnny Broadhead, what's up, brother? Good to see you, dude. <laughs> Jason. Jason, right? Huh? I'm Paul Ben. All right. This is Ben from the Cajun Navy. This is Pastor okay? So they're out mobilizing. Um. Hey, dude. Get everything, you everything, guys. Some stuff up here. We're going to be bringing y'all more of this. We got nails and everything, but (laughs) oh, hey, Bob, just give me like a 10-second notice. I'm unloading a car right now. All right. (laughs) The Cajun Navy showed up, dude. (laughs) (laughs) What's up, Mike? We're plugging, bro. I'm sorry, man. My bad. Um, I don't think you can go that way very far. But they're—they're—you know—that's we're right now. We're trying to do our main focus. The county's down there. Okay. So. Okay. Right. But whenever he gets off the phone, he's you—he's you on the ground. Um. Okay, thank, thank you Yeah, hey, bro. All this is y'all, all these tarps and everything. There's even a – that big one right there, that's y'all. <coughs> all that, yeah, all that's y'all.
2: Uh, one minute.
3: Okay. <coughs> all those tarps in the back, guys, that's for y'all. Off helping out I'll let that's all y'all yep yeah, all of it
2: 15 seconds. Okay. Southern Miss, to the top. To the top. You're
0: tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Hey, I want to thank Jack Duggan for joining us in that segment. Kind of fun talking uh, about the All-Berry baseball team and who made it and <clears throat> who could have made it. But the bottom line is a lot of great players have come through the program under Scott Barry, and uh, always, always fun to talk about that. This segment sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. I want to remind you about uh, 4th Street. They're open. They're serving lunch. They're serving dinner. They're, of course, doing it through a drive through You can call in your order or go online and place your order at 4th Street Bar and Grill. Drive right up to the front of the business there on 4th Street, and uh, they'll bring it right out to your car. We did that Friday night. It was good as always, and uh, it's a safe delivery. Uh, They're all masked up and uh, bringing this stuff to your car. So uh, it's safe and it's good, 4th Street Bar and Grill, and we encourage everybody to continue to support our local restaurants through this difficult time. All right, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studio in Hattiesburg today. Luke, not with me. Luke, over in Jones County, uh, he's joining me now, where, of course, uh, these terrible storms blew through yesterday. Two people, unfortunately, losing their lives in Jones County. A lot of property damage there and and a lot of heartache uh, on top of uh, COVID-19. Luke, where are you right now, and uh, what exactly are you seeing?
3: I'm in North Jones County, Bob, and uh, I am uh – looking at the Pleasant Home Baptist Church building uh, on Matthews Road. Matthews community was one of the hard-hit communities last night in Jones County. Uh, This deadly tornado started in Hebron and then made its way through Soso, came in uh, north Jones County, came through Matthews, and uh, it just, you know, this was a heavily wooded area, um, and it just looks like somebody took a hedge trimmer or a weed eater, Bob, and just, just cut just literally the tops, uh, you can see, you know, 10 miles from here, just straight ahead where you it was thickly wooded. But um, it's just been amazing, the outpouring of people. How We were in Hebron last night, um, a lot of guys from my church and other people, and we were, you know, cutting people out until almost midnight last night. And It's been amazing. Uh, even the Cajun Navy showed up today. <laughs> it's been amazing, the outpouring of people.
2: Right now, I know two people lost their lives in Jones County. Do you know where that occurred, Luke?
3: Not sure yet. Uh, I haven't heard specifically. I've been kind of out of the loop on some of it, just because we were—we've just been hunkered down, running supplies. Um, but you know, it, you say that, and, and we value every life. It's just pretty amazing that that more people didn't, from what I've seen. I mean, I was uh, on site last night, Bob and Hebron. We were cutting. Uh, uh, some families out and there was a family in a, in a trailer and seven people, uh, family of five and their, their in-laws were under a mattress in the hallway, the room next door, the roof got sucked out and they emerged without a scratch. Hmm. Uh, it was very, God just protected them. And, uh, it was, you know, it's, it's just pretty remarkable, um, that more, there wasn't more loss of life just because of it's, I don't. I don't know, and, and I'm not. I don't know the specifics. You've got that, but I. I know in some places of this storm, there was. Uh, it looks like almost over two miles was the width of it at some places.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, right now they say 106 homes around the state destroyed, countless more damage, but 106 families completely. Uh, losing their homes. It was just a bad situation. Obviously, you live pretty close to that. I know you and Lauren, uh, you were pretty close to the storm yourself, right?
3: Yeah, it came down. We live kind of near West Jones High School, and so uh, when the re- reports came out that it was going through so-so, uh, we went and got in the closet and uh, you know just turned up the volume on the TV really loud and just People, you know, just started texting, and immediately after, I mean, I, literally, people all over the country were checking in on us. So yeah, it, it was. It went about probably half a mile to a quarter of a or three quarters of a mile north of us, and you know, you there was one right behind it, and right. it kind of it went a little more uh, northeast and and hit Summerland and Taylorsville. But yeah, I mean, it was the closest call, um, you know, that that we've had in a long time. But you know, just getting out and and uh, I, I guess. The question this morning as I was scrolling through my Facebook feed, it was like, who wasn't affected? Because just friend after friend, family after family, people that you know, they're just picking up the pieces. Uh, my good friend P.J. Weeks is the pastor at First Baptist Soso, and you know, we're standing there in his parking lot this morning, and Mississippi Powers got their epicenter right next door, and it just there's not a tree standing in and around Soso, Mississippi. I mean, it's, it's hmm. unbelievable.
2: And that is the former church of Stump Taylor, correct?
3: That's exactly right. Before... Before Jim went to First Baptist McGee, he was pastor at First Baptist SoSo for over ten years, and yeah, it's just a it's a wild feeling um, just when you see the just the destruction of the tornadoes.
2: Now, were you and Lauren able to to hear, experience the change in atmosphere, anything when the tornado passed that close to your home?
3: We were inside, but we didn't feel it. But I, specifically, I was talking to a friend a little earlier today, and he noticed. They were in a storm shelter about to shut it down, and he noticed that when the wind started turning in the opposite direction. And then I uh, talked to a family that actually, you know, they were in the middle of it and wrote it out. It took about three minutes and said it just kind of felt like an airplane when the atmosphere changes, when your ears, you know, go to oh, that's pop. That's right, right. But the rumble and just the sound of it, I mean, it sounded like just real heavy condensed thunder and, of course, the train sound that you hear.
2: Right. Now... <laughs> You know on top of this is the virus hasn't gone away luke so I know you're out there with a lot of people who are trying to help other folks uh can you can can all of these rescue workers do that and then and then remain cognizant of this other problem as well
3: yeah, I mean you know all the volunteers that are working with us of course we're we're asking them to remain you know social business and the good the good thing is you know a lot of people are out in the open and uh you know, we're trying to. There's a lot of meals that are being served, and people are trying their best to, you know, just follow the guidelines and procedures. Um, but we've got we've got meals going on at a few different sites in these areas, and um, you know, just coordinating with other pastors and community leaders just to make sure. But yeah, you you've got to keep that in your your mind. And people don't need just to blow it off. You know, if, at the same time, you've got to remember that we are in a in an outbreak right now.
2: Right, and another thing we want to remind people of is there's this there's this natural curiosity to want to see all this damage. But am I right this is no time for people in the area that you're at right now to be riding around sightseeing.
3: Yeah, for two reasons. One, we're still in the shelter in place order from our governor and I can tell you last night, you know, we worked 6 hours to open up roads. And um if if you're getting out just to see it, like if you're not if you're not, you know, you know, volunteering or, or trying to, to help someone and you're just out to, to look like you're, you know, not doing what the governor's asked you to do. Number two, you're just in the way. And, I mean, I'm, I'm delivering supplies. I tried to get into um, a community a few minutes ago and, and basically had to just leave and go back around because even me delivering supplies was going to get in the way of them cutting, you know, the roads in. So, but- you know, you just need to stay down and just kind of help people around you. Um you know, that's that's the best thing to do is just to say where you're at.
2: All right, Luke, final question for listeners uh, on the show that may not be familiar terribly with Jones County. Kind of put in perspective where this thing came uh, in proportion to the overall state and, and where you're at right now. Where where did most of the damage occur?
3: Okay, so it, it came out of Lawrence County and then came up uh, really in the west part of, of Jones County. Um so you, you think it really cut west to, to northwest. Um, so, it, you know, it crossed Highway 84, and that's one of the most remarkable scenes. Is if you're driving down Highway 84, you can, you can see where it hit on both sides, mm-hmm. just the, the destructive. So it, and then it came uh, over Highway 29, a lot of people call that the, uh, the Ridge Road. And it, it just hit so-so, and then continued on northwest into Jasper County, you know, and, and finally I think it picked up at, on the other side of Heidelberg. But yeah, if you're looking at Jones County, kind of everything below Highway 84, as soon as you come into the county, and that really the top northwestern quadrant of Jones County was was affected by this storm. Right, and so
2: if you're traveling up Highway 49, this storm crossed it crossed north, just north of Collins and then northeast into Jones County, correct?
3: Yeah, it would, have, it would have come. It actually started below Highway 84, and so it crossed Highway 84 in Jones County. Right, um, right. It's just, I'm, I'm literally, I'm looking at big pine trees and oak trees. Like last night, we were trying to clear uh, a section, and a 200-yard section of road had 22 down trees in it, and these are like massive 60-, 70-year-old oak trees and pine trees
2: right right well luke uh, we appreciate the good work you're doing as as we do to all those guys out there that are that are helping it's been a tough <laughs> it's just been a tough stretch and this just is another thing we'll all have to overcome but uh, we appreciate your call man and uh you take care of yourself keep that mask on and get back here healthy for all of us
3: i appreciate it bob have a great day thank you all
2: right luke johnson everybody luke's out doing what uh, if you know luke you're not at all surprised he's doing luke is out helping other people uh, in a time of need uh, if you don't know Luke Johnson he's not only a a fun guy on the Eagle Hour he's a really classy young man and uh, he's just showing more of that today all right Eagle Hour will continue right after this we'll locate Kelly Sandra.
4: Bob, what are we talking about?
2: Uh, it's just me and you, so I don't know. I was hoping you had something on your mind.
4: Oh well, Wisconsin. I don't, I, you saw what they're doing, huh? On. uh no. What? The University of Wisconsin has told their senior athletes they're you know they can come back, but they're not they're not giving them scholarships. Really? Well, it's, uh, Barry Alvarez, the athletic director, of this, says it, that. It costs about a half for spring sports. It costs about a half a million dollars per class for scholarships. Mm-hmm. So, if they all came back, that's that's another half million the school's got to come up with. Got gotcha. you. Right, so he right. just he, he just told them, "Sorry, Charlie. NCAA says you can do it, but and you can, but it won't be here."
2: All right. Well, good. That'll be a good topic. All right. Good. Yeah. Good. so weird sitting here, Kelly. The- well, no, Luke's out helping with, uh, you know, Stump's church got, his old church got destroyed yesterday. Oh, boy. So he's over there helping them try to get a roof on the church and, you know, kind of get it back running as best they can. Well, I'm telling you, it's a lot here lately, ain't it, bro?
4: In George County, or in, uh, Jones County, there's a church about every quarter mile.
2: Right, right. right. Yeah, that's right. Now, I'm sitting here, man, it's just so weird. You just sit here now and you see just one person after another walking around outside with a mask on gloves on it's just like you're in a it's like you're in a movie about a plague hitting somewhere
4: because yeah. i'm not i'm not doing the mask thing either. i'm
2: just not well i don't go nowhere to for it to matter you know
4: yeah yeah
2: tell us how I, I just actually, bought a hundred of them from stacy's sister so if you want one i get you one for free
4: i was actually thinking of uh just coming over and here we visiting go. you and angela yeah. they'll keep it. Her-
2: Here we go, 10 seconds. The Eagle Hour, Southern
1: Miss to the Top.
2: Welcome back to the Eagle Hour. Glad you could join us on a Monday afternoon. Bob Getty in the First Bank Studio here in Hattiesburg. Want to thank Luke Johnson for checking in from Northern Jones County, also Jack Duggan and then Steve Bryant from Southern Pine Electric. Lots of news to talk about uh, here lately, and not all of it sports. But we're going to do our best to get back on that subject. That's why I found my buddy Kelly Sander. And Kelly, uh, I trust you had a good Easter weekend. And you, and you tell me before we go on the air, there's just more repercussions from this uh, this virus that doesn't want to go away, and uh, how it might affect seniors in college that that think maybe they're coming back uh, on a scholarship.
4: Well, the University of Wisconsin, which of course is in the Big Ten Conference, which obviously is one of the one of the Power Five, uh, Athletic Director there, uh, Barry Alvarez, who was the head football coach there for a long time, said that of course the NCAA made its ruling that athletes can come back, you know, for another year of eligibility. These are spring athletes, you know, on the, the sports that were affected by by the outbreak of the coronavirus. But uh, but Alvarez said, you know, just because the NCAA said you can do it. Uh, doesn't mean we're going to do it. And, uh, at the University of Wisconsin. And so they said, well, what's the bottom line And he said, we're not picking up scholarships for another year. Because, uh, according to the report in the Madison, Wisconsin newspaper, uh, the spring athletes, you know, the schools, you know, who are going to give these athletes another year, it's going to cost the school about a half a million dollars, uh, to bring all these athletes back for another year in scholarship money, about a half a million dollars in scholarship money. And Wisconsin, like every other school, is going to be forced to cut back on spending, not increase some spending. So bottom line for the University of Wisconsin spring athletes this year, they they can have another senior year, but it will not be at Wisconsin. Wisconsin said, we are not going to give you a scholarship next year if you come back.
2: I don't think that's going to be the only school you hear do that, do you?
4: Well, no. We mentioned, uh, you know, we've mentioned other schools have already have already taken um, trying to get ahead of this curve, so to speak, this financial curve, not the virus curve. Um, have already just, have already announced cutbacks in salaries, and because of the lack of conference tournaments this year, no NCAA basketball tournament. Schools are going to be are really going to be hard pressed, and these are, these are the schools with money, Bob. Huh, exactly. So, yeah, so you can imagine what it's going to be like for for the the have-nots who are going to have to make some decisions. And as we noted last week, Old Dominion now from Conference USA is contemplating dropping some sports just because they're they're just not going to have the money to, you know, without the money coming in from the NCAA basketball tournament or its share of that tournament money, that something's going to have to go.
2: All right, speaking of basketball, Kelly, uh, your thoughts uh, about uh, Gabe Watson? uh declaring uh that he's entered the transfer portal. This transfer portal it just seems to me is just just an invitation for chaos in the NCAA, Kelly.
4: I, I totally agree. Um and, and where it, it really so what's the big deal if you sign somebody? If, if if kids don't get what they want now and it's not laid out there for them on a silver platter, it would appear that they're just gonna pick up their marbles and, and go. And, you know, the one the one way that that students would stop doing this is if other schools wouldn't pick them up.
2: Right. And what you You said may not be politically correct, but it is absolutely true. I mean, we're we're just now to a point, Kelly, that a a kid signs a scholarship. they ought to be very grateful to get the scholarship, in my view, uh, because most kids don't get scholarships to go to college. Right. And it's just like you say if if I don't get my way fine I'll just leave. See back in the day I had a father I suspect you did too that would have said no you're not because you made a commitment to that school and you made a commitment and whatever the commitment is you're going to fulfill the commitment but apparently not the case so much anymore.
4: It's just it's that way in society all over Bob and these kids these kids learn from playing AAU basketball or travel baseball. If I don't get to bat fourth and play shortstop, I'll just quit this team and go to another team and if I don't get what I want there, I'll I'll do it again. But everything is more disposable, including marriages. I mean, you know, it's just it's so easy to get divorced now yeah. that it's not unusual at all for somebody to be in their 20s and been divorced once maybe twice. Yeah. You know, so unfortunately it's just the way things go, but, but again coaches aren't doing themselves a favor either when they jump for the next job. Um and, don't under, you know, we talked no. about that last week. When If coaches want players to be more respectful of their commitment, then coaches need to be more respectful of their commitments as well. If they sign a five-year contract, they need to stay for five years.
2: Exceptions to the rule, of course, but generally speaking, there just doesn't seem to be a lot of loyalty and commitment in college athletics right now. It's well, um, everybody's out for themselves.
4: And 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 the bottom line is finances. You know, right. I'll be interested to – Talk to uh, Jeremy McLean at our next uh, Eagle Hour visit to see what he will allow or share with, um, you know, what the future looks like at, at Southern Miss once all these shakes out.
2: Right. All right, Kelly. Well, I know you can't go dancing a lot these days, so I guess that means you're available to come back on the show tomorrow, right?
4: Yeah. Well, I'm. I'm still continuing to give physical fitness advice. You know, people are always asking me what can I do to make sure I don't look like you. <laughs> so. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you're their go-to guy. Is that what you're I'll saying, Sam? give them, give them that <laughs> advice. All sure. right, we'll talk tomorrow about the NFL draft. That's coming up. That's actually something that is going to happen, and uh, that'll be fun. So you stay hunkered down, and I'll find you tomorrow, Kelly. Will do,
4: Bob. Thanks so much.
2: All right, Kelly Sander, everybody. Obviously important member of the Eagle Hour. He'll be back tomorrow. We will, too, 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Mist to the top.
1: Into the future.